Welcome to the Good Growing Podcast. I am Chris Enroth, horticulture educator with University of Illinois Extension, coming at you from Macomb, Illinois, and we have got a Garden Bite episode for you today, folks. It's a throwback back to when we had a couple educators on the show, and we asked them to give us their top three native plants. Today, we're going to play for you uh, the top three picks for our visiting Extension Outreach Associate, Lane Kanoki. Now, Lane studied landscape architecture, and since then, he has been instrumental in teaching people about green infrastructure around the state of Illinois and getting rain gardens installed all over the state. And so Lane has some amazing pictures to go along with his uh, picks. So if you're listening to us, we will put a link down below in the show notes so you can see our, our YouTube version of this where, where he shows some, some pretty great pictures of the plants that he has selected. His top three, it's a little bit cruel, I know, but he did narrow it down to three plants for us. So with that, uh, here are Lane's top three native plant picks for Illinois. Uh, so. so I guess I guess it's my turn to share the the uh, the cruelly uh, dictated three species that I had to limit myself to. I found I found a way well, to get another we... couple species in there though without going into too much uh -huh. detail. So, all right. So uh, I I took forever trying to figure out my uh, the three species I wanted to talk about here today, um, but I finally whittled it down. Uh, and and the first one I'll talk about is uh, slender mountain mint also called uh, narrow leaf mountain mint. Um, and you have to forgive me, I'm still young in the profession and, and I'm still working on the, uh, the botanical names, but Pycnanthemum tenuifolium, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um, I'll never be harsh on someone when it comes to uh, scientific names, because that doesn't mean that you don't know them. It just means you've never said them. Exactly. You know, I can, I can pick, you know, that name out of a list of 500 uh, but I, I still uh, like just saying it out loud for the very first time when I, uh, you know, was doing run throughs of this. I was like, is that is that really how it's pronounced? Uh, but I'm, I'm just going to go with it. So I appreciate it. Um, anyway, so this this mountain mint um, is one that's commonly found uh, throughout the state of Illinois. Uh, it's it's native to uh, actually almost every county in the state. Um, and that's the kind of. Uh, uh, native plant nerd that I like to get to. Uh, I like uh, keeping uh, the native species to the county, not just the state, but you know, that's just me to each their own. Um, I think that this plant is, uh, is, is really underused in the home garden. Um, and I've actually only ever found it once at a nursery. Uh, it was down by St. Louis, but it was recently. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, this plant is, is starting to catch on. Um, you know, uh, otherwise I'll usually just recommend for people to look for this one, uh, at local native plant sales or, you know, use some, some online resources as well. Uh, this one is pretty easy to grow from seed. Uh, I've had pretty great success with it, uh, in, in past years. Um, it, it usually does best in full sun, uh, but it can tolerate anywhere from moist to, to dry soil. Um, so it's, you know, got some adaptability there. Uh, it's not a huge plant, uh, one to three feet usually uh, in height, uh, but it does form this really beautiful, dense, almost bush-like uh, form. So its its habit is sort of this tight, compact, um, you know, uh, foliage display. And then, of course, you come in um, with these amazing white flowers. 
which last for a very long time, usually June through September um, is its bloom seasons. But in my gardens, um, I've had uh, I've had them last from May until October. Uh, it's it's really a, a, a great plant. Uh, so one of the other great benefits that I love about this plant is that it's got some some seasonality uh, to work with. Um, in the winter months, it's got this really great, uh, uh, the, the seed heads on it are really showy. Um, they have this dark color to them, and especially against uh, other uh, grasses and, and other forbs around it that usually will have a lighter color. These ones just really stand out. They bring some great texture, great form uh, to the native landscape. Um, and uh, another great part about this winter interest is that they don't usually flop over um, like a lot of our, our other species do. These ones will stay uh, standing uh, through the full winter. Um, I'll usually burn uh, my prairie, uh, you know, in, in March is when they'll finally come down. So uh, Martha did uh, butterf our, yeah, butterfly weed. Uh, and so that was one that I was going to choose as well. So uh, I'll just reiterate that that is a fantastic native species. Um, but I will talk now about swamp milkweed, uh, Asclepius incarnata. Um, it's another uh, plant that can be found throughout most of, of Illinois. Um, I'm happy to say that a lot of nurseries do carry this one, especially your local native plant sales. Um, you're, you're just about guaranteed, guaranteed uh, to, to find this one somewhere uh, with, with some ease. And again, this one is another that, uh, that grows really easily from seed. Uh, I've grown several hundred of them and I can probably count on two hands the, the number of times that this one did not germinate. Uh, but that being said, um, and it's surprising to me because of that fact, uh, that this is not um, as weedy uh, or aggressive as a species um, as, as you might get with like common milkweed and, and others like that, that unfortunately uh, turn a lot of people off um, from, from native plants uh, in general. Uh, this one likes to be in full sun uh, and it does prefer uh, that wet to moist soil condition. Um, but, you know, again, you can have some, some adaptability with a species like this. I've got it growing in areas with more shade, uh, with, with drier soils, and it still does pretty well. Uh, you might get some leaf wilt and things like that if it's in too dry of soil. Um, but uh, I've had really great success with this and, and many different conditions, you know, besides your, your full blazing sun with incredibly dry soil uh, combination. Um, so it's, it's a really great one. Uh, usually for me, it's in the three to four foot high range, um, but it can get bigger, it can stay smaller. Uh, it's, its flowers have um, different shades of pink, uh, you can have uh, some, some dark pink uh, flowers like this. You can have some light pink ones. Um, and it, you know, that variability is, is kind of nice as well, uh, adds some interest uh, in my opinion. So this is of course a monarch uh, host plant, um, which is one of the reasons why uh, you know, I would recommend for uh, the homeowner to have this plant in their garden. Uh, because who doesn't want to see that beautiful monarch, um, which you're basically guaranteed uh, to, to get uh, at some point in the summertime. 
Um, I love going out into my prairie and, and my gardens to, to find the eggs and the caterpillars. Um, and of course, to watch the butterflies uh, go back and forth from, from flower to flower. Not to mention all of the other pollinators that, that love this plant. Uh, I will say uh, that this plant is not quite as, as dense as the, the plant that I mentioned before, that, that Slender Mountain Mint. Um, so I will usually um, uh, plant this uh, milkweed with a combination of other natives. Um, you know, you might put in little blue stem with it, uh, maybe a ground cover of, of rosy sedge or something, just to start filling in some of that airiness um, that uh, the swamp milkweed has. Some people might really like that airiness, um, but some others want a little bit more structure than what this one can, can give on its own. Uh, so therefore, I usually put in, you know, between two and three other species with this one in the, the home landscape. Uh, the third species that I'll talk about, moving away from the forbs uh, and into the shrub category, is uh, red chokeberry, Aronia arbutifolia. Uh, I have just recently started um, uh, using this shrub, and I wish I would have started um, when I first started doing landscaping when I was like 12. Um, it is just an outstanding, outstanding plant. Uh, and. I, I just think it's amazing that it is a native uh, plant to, to the eastern half of North America. Um, this one does have a lot of cultivars um, that can be found at, at a lot of different nurseries. Um, the straight native species uh, can grow to be quite large, um, which is why a lot of people choose to go with cultivars. Um, one such is Brilliantissima um, that, that I have used in my personal gardens. Um, but it really is, uh, whether or not you're using the straight species, it is a true four season interest shrub. Um, in the spring, you have these incredible white flowers. Um, it, they're, they're just, they're really, uh, for lack of better words, they're cute. Um, you know, they're not the main attraction of this plant, but uh, I think they're, they're really nice. Um, and then of course you move into fall and I mean, you are just, you're just, the, the fall color with this one is outstanding. Um, and it, to, to tie it in with, uh, with Martha's uh, Tupelo, I mean, this one's got the same kind of, of colors that, uh, you know, they go from a dark green glossy foliage in the summertime, which is beautiful on its own. And then in the fall, they're just absolutely covered in uh, uh, this brilliant crimson red. You can get oranges in there, yellows. Uh, and uh, I know that our listeners can't see uh, the screen that I'm sharing, but, um, you know, in uh, early October or so, just as the leaves are starting to change, you can still have some green leaves on there and it just adds a really cool um, uh, color combination uh, to, the, to the garden. And then of course in the winter months, you know, you come on with, with its namesake, those, those red berries, uh, really just a, an outstanding uh, display. Um, this, what I'm showing here is the, uh, the straight native species. Um, and as you can see, it's just loaded with berries. Um, some say that the cultivars will have even better uh, berry onset, uh, better fall color. Um, I have found that they're about the same. Uh, 
to me, it's probably that size difference uh, that uh, that people will want to go with a cultivar on this one because they can get you know 10 feet tall, 12 feet tall uh, max in the wild. Um, but a lot of people don't really want to have something that large uh, in in the home landscape. Uh, this one does like to be in full sun again, um, but it can take a little bit of shade, uh, and it prefers to be in mesic soil. Um, at the the Red Oak Rain Garden uh, on the University of Illinois campus in Urbana, uh, we planted uh, several large groupings of these um, in fall 2019, and uh, you know hundreds and hundreds of people pass that garden every day. And uh, as I'm out there, you know, observing the, the plant life and the wildlife and all of that uh, that's happening at the, at the garden, um, almost every day I'm out there, I see people stop and take a photo of this plant um, in just about every season, uh, especially right now uh, with the snow on the ground. It's really great. Uh, the birds love eating these berries. Um, the, the berries are edible. Uh, and I've had uh, aronia uh, jam before, and I can tell you it is delicious. The fruit straight from the, the shrub might be pretty bitter, uh, so uh, I wouldn't recommend doing that. I have tried it, and I can confirm that they are bitter, but uh, with the right amount of sugar and, and other ingredients, they can make uh, a really wonderful uh, jelly or jam. So uh, those are my three species. Um, and I mean, I could go on and on, but uh, uh, until next time, I guess. <laughs> well, that was some great information about those wonderful plants. I know I have quite a bit of swamp milkweed in my own yard, and I try to cultivate that every single year to get more and more of it. The Good Growing Podcast is a production of University of Illinois Extension and edited this week by me, Chris Enroth. Uh, listeners, we really thank you for doing what you do best, and that is listening, or if you're watching this on YouTube, watching. And as always, keep on growing.